Hello, hello, hello. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master, and welcome to Episode 0 of Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. This is a 5th edition D&D campaign where we do custom mechanics in a custom setting. You should probably expect a whole lot of intrigue and roleplay from us, and probably a lot less dice rolling than you're accustomed to if you're a classic D&D style player. I want to do a quick special thank you to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and to Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. This is episode zero, which means we don't actually get into roleplay. We just sort of talk about the characters that we are going to play and the campaign that we're going to run. Hang in there and we'll catch you on the flip side. And if you're not up for that, well, maybe just jump forward to episode one. One last note, our audio quality for the first couple of episodes is god-awful. We learned a lot, and it shows. So, see you on the other side of this podcast. Hi, I'm Nate. I will be your dungeon master. I'm Julie. I'll be playing a wizard named Sofa Lunari. I'm Mandy. I will be playing a rogue named Jalen. And I'm Sandra. I'm playing a druid named Sable. This is a campaign that I ran once before with a very different group of people who did a very different job with it. And so I'm expecting it to be fundamentally different. That's probably going to be the limit of it because they were way in left field. That's true. One of my my hopes for this is to discover what plot ideas and intrigue Nate might have had in mind when he ran it first. Was that bad? (laughs) It wasn't bad. It probably was far off the mark from what Nate intended. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they were the most chaotic neutral team by definition that I've ever seen. Very shiny. Yeah, well, and I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, the nobility's all getting up in your face for intrigue. And I'd be like, ah, screw them. <laughs> F the man. We're not going to do what they want. We're going to go do our own thing. F the man. We want to get out of here. And so we get out of here. We hit some of the major plot points, sort of. Kind of like bumped them with your hip and then moved on. Yeah, yeah. They were like, there was was some semblance of what I wanted to accomplish in there. And then a lot of just fly by the seat of your pants. So when our campaign starts, there's some politics going on. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of royal families. I sent you guys an email that has like a them listed out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably not going to use all of them, but they're there for you to like add to your character background. The regent is about to marry off his two kids. So he's going to make a marriage contract with other nobles' children. And whoever lands those two jobs, essentially marrying into that family, becomes the next regent. Or become, becomes the major domo and is responsible for all the daily activities of the city. And so it's really the two most powerful positions for the next generation are open now. So let's talk about your characters and maybe a little bit of how they fit into the world. So I'll start with Julie on my left. My character is named Silfa Lunari, and she is a young, I imagine her to be 17 to 19 years old. She's an aspiring mage and courtier in the kingdom. So, Silpha, inspired by a moth and her uh, family manifests really insect-like traits. So, her current mutation is she appears extremely slender, very large, dark eyes, 
very pale skinned and covered in, in like a peach fuzz. Peach fuzz. She's Is uh, it actually peach colored peach fuzz? No, imagine imagine it's just a very fine hair, like if you've ever touched a moth. Mm-hmm. Is it like human colored? Like is she human colored? She's she's very, very pale. Okay. So like a white moth. Maybe it's it has patchy colorations, please. She's very sensitive to light. When outdoors she wears a proper, you know, large ladies hat. Like yeah, that's it's... like a foot on either side? Oh, well she, she needs she needs to shade her eyes from okay. bright light, which she is averse to. But she sees rather well in the dark and appreciates nightlife. I want to play this character in contrast to the last character that I played in your campaign as someone who's instead of happy-go-lucky hippie, <laughs> someone who's a little more focused and aspiring, like has has some amount of concern for political dynamics and power hungry isn't the right word yet but is is invested in accumulating knowledge and yes ambitious is a little naive i'm looking forward to that naive enough to make deals okay i see what you did there (laughs) julie's way in the naming things those are like from moth genii right like he sees genii well sylpha is like an air spirit Moon moths are okay. kind of fancy. Lunari. Okay, cool. Uh, I said that I had imagined her to be like from like 17 to 19, 17, right? so I'll go with 18. Okay. okay. Let's say she's and 18. She's, she's human. She is human. Is she affiliated with one of the houses? Oh, in my concept of her, her most recent life event is that she has experienced adolescent heartbreak. So mm-hmm. obviously the world has ended. Life is over. Right, right. Just wants to shrink back into the, the shadow. The pit of devastation. She was rejected <laughs> in a rather public way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some part of her motivation comes from wanting, wanting to show these person what they missed out on. Mm-hmm. And I imagine her to be sympathetic to Lady Miev in solving the, the problem of the Cursed Kingdom. Just for background, Lady Miev is the last of her line. One of the reasons for that is her mutation is a venomous bite. And the rumor is that cost her a husband. And now she's uh, she's kind of unmarriageable. <laughs> so the hope for her is uh, that she can land this marriage contract for herself. But she's going to have to go big. Like real big. Mm-hmm. Like maybe solving this curse big. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Mandy. All right. My character's name is Jalen. J-A-E-L-A-N. She is Jessica's age. Jessica is one of the NPCs from the Evans family, who is known to be pretty ruthless, but is just turning marrying age. So what do you say, 16? 16. Okay, that's what I had okay, let's initially. Go with that. But, um, okay, so Jalen is an orphan, and she was adopted into the Evans family and raised along with the children, but she's definitely not on a status with the kids. Like, she was raised as their playmate, especially as Jessica's playmate. And she's also an assassin. <laughs> or they, they have raised her kind of to be, I guess, a playmate to Jessica and a companion, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully that she will be loyal to her mm-hmm. as they, you know, grow into adulthood. And Every royal family needs an assassin. Right. You know, protect her, you know, to a certain extent, and if need be, you know, kill her. Now, Jessica is kind of ruthless and not above assassination in her own turn, so I have to think about 
the nature of their relationship a little bit. If it started off warm and fuzzy and has gotten strained, or if they're closer than ever because they're kind of a lot alike, or... Jalen's mutation is that she is chameleon-skinned. She's not green as a default, but she can blend in. Is she scaled? No, she has human skin, but she can she can take but it on changes color. But it can change color to match a background. Okay. Um, there might be a lack of control if something's agitating her. Maybe she disappears when she needs to be seen. <laughs> um, uh, so that that was something I thought of. Uh, she is kind of low on the. She's high in intelligence, but she's pretty low on wisdom. That's that's where my character is as well. Yeah. So she's she's. I thought maybe one of her flaws could be a certain compulsiveness. I don't know if she, I don't know. You're gonna make me be the grown up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yet how she feels about the Evans family as a whole. I mean, she's a teenager at this point. If mm-hmm. she's feeling rebellious, this would be the time. But well, I, I don't know. I have to I have to think about that. <laughs> and I think given our like brief sentence or two that, that describes the Evans family, they're um shady mm-hmm. folk. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you want to rebel against them, you would be... Going straight-laced. Yeah, you'd be going straight-laced. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to her possibly double-dealing on them, like okay. fishing for other loyalties or whatever, mm. but she she could potentially be an inside person for one of the other families, even. Oh, and your class? You went with Rogue? Yes. Okay. Rogue and in higher... I was thinking about multi-classing when we start leveling up with Fighter. Okay. And Rogue Powers, you get you get to be really good Sneaky. at like two things. Mm-hmm. What two things did you choose? There were four. It told me to pick proficiencies, uh, which was acrobatics, deception, investigation, and stealth. Okay. That just kind of paints a picture mm-hmm. of what you're going to be good at. Mm-hmm. All right. Sandra. All right. My character's name is Sable Mirkwood. She's also 16 years old and was raised with the matron Baroness Rothi, who is a druid and known to be a druid. So she has kind of dark straight hair in the bright light. It flashes colors, you know, red, purple more than anything else. Tries to keep it up and out of the way. Raised by the Baroness, so probably follows the druidic ways. So she worships nature. She... Always, anytime that she is seen, is wearing the garb. Well, she always has the gloves on. She always has the long sleeve. She always has the leggings on and the boots. She wears a tunic over that with a belt and a very functional knife hanging off of it, a couple of pouches hanging off of it, and has a hand-carved walking stick that could clearly whack someone over the head pretty good, if need be. She's also got really, really dark eyes, so obviously still has the whites of her eyes, but it's hard to tell what color her eyes are. She's thin and small, so maybe five feet tall. Though she is human and thin, but she doesn't look frail. I mean, she carries herself pretty well. As far as her curse, what she's, what you can see is, I mean, she covers up. So whatever that is, and I would think that her curse is pretty darn hidden. Okay. She doesn't make it abundantly clear. So should I tell people what it is, or should I? Um, I think. For our audience, it would be better to know what it is. Okay. So she has poison skin. So like frogs, like the tree frogs that older groups would use to their skin secretions to tip the ends of their arrows, that kind of thing. So she's got poison skin and and it killed her mom. 
and was poisoning her dad, so they literally just left her out of the forest, which is how she came to be the Baroness's. Okay. Is it is she pretty well known as the Baroness's? Everybody, I would everybody think that the Baroness would say that she's her what charge? is war? charge? Or, yeah, yeah ward or charge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. The druid can turn into animals and has other powers. Yeah, can talk um, to them, control them, things uh, along those yeah. lines. The rogue eventually gets extra mobile. Their main power is usually stabbing things really well. Um, <laughs> and then our wizard just gets progressively more powerful magic. So that brings us to my next question, uh, which is really directed towards all of you, which is how do you know each other? I mean, it's a small town. It is very hard to hide in this town. Mm-hmm. So you're no matter what, you're probably aware of each other. But I'm assuming you guys want to have, like, maybe a more positive relationship than that. I thought the original idea wasn't it that we, like, met at school in in some way. Like, none maybe of us are actually of the noble class, correct? Right. But maybe we're we all went to finish a school. We are yeah. noble adjacent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you guys were, you, you were basically tutored together. So you are, you are not serfs in mm-hmm. the, in the sense that you guys are poor and uneducated. You went to school, and you all went to school together. Mm-hmm. And I would think we all, I mean, I say finishing school because I, I think we probably all know how to behave in noble social situations. Like, we have probably all been to the parties and gatherings mm-hmm. of... Though we'd all have our own quirkiness. I mean, I'm oh, raised sure. by a druid. Who's... All the etiquette classes. Yeah. Right. Like you would probably yeah. be better. Like we know we know which fork is which at a sixteen course dinner and you know. <laughs> okay. You've got the skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well All to, the to some ones. degree. Like I mean Silpha I would see is probably being best at it. Mm-hmm. Because your your mom literally is a social butterfly, right? Yes. And yeah. she she wishes that I were more gregarious and interested in involving myself in politics, whereas I would rather sit back, observe, and then kind of a bookworm. Oh my god, the puns in this are going to be terrible. They are, yeah. They really are. Because Julie's here. Uh, well, they're going to be... But there's opportunity, too. With the moth and... Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about my aunt. <laughs> the next question for you all. Is there anything you would like to accomplish with your character over the course of the campaign? And we'll start uh, with Sandra this time. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, honestly, if she could find a cure, she'd want to. For the poison skin? Uh-huh. Okay. Like, staying wrapped up for the rest of her life is not exactly how she wants to live. I mean, she's a teenager. It'd be nice to hold hands with somebody. Without sticking to them and then killing them? Yeah. Okay. Perhaps you could find someone equally deadly. But then we just kill each other, a porcupine right? porcupine lad. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem... Very workable. No, no. We just lo- look longingly at each other from across the room. Yeah. I poison you. I make you bleed. Hi. We touched once. It was magic. It's like the it it's so like it's like good. the, the X Men Rogue problem, right? Right. Exactly. I've got the Rogue problem. All right, Mandy. I I hadn't really thought about goals in the game, to be honest. I think she. She probably understands her role as Jessica's companion is probably about to get a little more intense because they want this marriage contract and she's probably part of making sure it happens. 
So that's probably an official goal for her. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about what she wants. All right, maybe she hasn't even thought about what she wants. Maybe for she hasn't really thought about what she. I mean, she is raised in this particular capacity, so she, yeah, she may not have given that much thought. So I think what we're going to focus on, if, what what I would then take away from that to focus on as the dungeon master, is the relationship that you have with this sister-like character mm-hmm. as sort of the backdrop of what we're going to figure out. Mm-hmm. At least I mean, in the short. Term. I mean, I see based on what you have told us about Jessica, I see Jessica as being a bit over her probably even you know as in their relationship she's probably got a superiority thing going over her over Jalen okay so I mean that could be a thing okay (laughs) as far as character goals I think the character is generally like apathetic about the outcome of who marries who in this this current drama that's all the buzz but she's sympathetic to Lady Niev and this character is naive but ambitious, and so she does want to propel herself into some kind of permanent, perhaps, like, court mage and establish that kind of opportunity, or solve the problem of the thorns and be able to explore opportunities elsewhere. But I think she is vested in creating some sort of opportunity for herself and advancement within the okay. kingdom. And that ends our episode zero. Thank you very much for listening. It's really remarkable how much the characters change from this initial version that we lay out here. We have come a tremendous long ways from this particular recording. After this, I make people put down their pencils and stop turning their pages and take their elbows off the table and on and on and on and on and on. So all of that thumping goes away and we get much smoother. Uh, You should you know keep hanging with us and you'll really enjoy the product i think starting around episode four or five and we go for a while so see you next time on carrots and suffering a dnd odyssey Next question. What do we want to call this podcast? <laughs> should I start making a list of all of the... Uh, um, or should so we pull out our favorites? <laughs> let's write down our favorites first. Let's okay. write down our favorites first. Well, we had chicken pants. We did have chicken pants. Now, the for the listening audience, chicken pants is an inside <laughs> joke because we had character notes and... Basically, we went back to read them to figure out what had happened in the previous session, and we didn't we didn't know what chicken pants yeah, meant. Yeah, just suddenly was what? like, "Hey, wait, what? Can anyone tell me why we have chicken? Why I have chicken pants in my notes?" And in this moment, I'm remembering why. I believe it was when we encountered a Baba Yaga like hut, and we made jokes about it laying boulders. And then he'd need chicken pants to hold them. We would need chicken pants. pants so we hold. should put chicken pants on the hut to defeat it.
I like that this has been months, and this is this is the moment that someone. <laughs> I don't what know whether meant. I'm relieved or disappointed that we have an answer to this riddle. Like that there was a reason. <laughs> like to this write is down this is probably a year old. 